Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer and stupendously nice chap Stu Perrins about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, if you enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Stu Perrins. How's it going? Hello, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, we just had a quite a scorcher of a weekend, um, so it was it was good, but at the same time, it was uh, challenging, isn't it? Planning. In heat. Planning, that's the word. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, but particularly when you don't have air conditioning. Yeah. Um, like, so countries that are kind of hot most of the year usually have air conditioning in houses and things like that, but when you live in a country where it's maybe like two weeks, month, month, a year, <laughs> um, yeah. then, uh, yeah, it can be, uh, it can be tough. Hey man, we had those seven, was it seven weeks last year? Yeah. Of non-stop, yeah. non-stop sun. So, you know, perhaps, you know, we used to, when we used to just have that afternoon in June, Yeah, that was the <laughs> British summer, but now we're getting weeks on end there. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe uh, we should get in the air conditioning business. Yeah. This is it. Ditch comics. Yeah. Air conditioning is where it's at. A- AC is where it's at, that's for sure. <laughs> totally. Excellent. Uh, well, uh, firstly, thank you so much for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. Well, thank a, you for having me. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, and uh, as a fellow Fair Spark creator, um, it's it's great to actually touch base because uh, yeah, yeah we've we, we've never met in in person or spoken on the phone or anything like that. So no, uh, it'd be it's great to finally get to know one another, um, especially when we're with the same publisher. Um, so uh, that's I'm looking forward to today's uh, today's episode. Uh, but for anybody else that doesn't know who you are, what do you do in the world of comics? I'm a, a writer and co-creator. I was uh, and I've done things like Megatomic Battle Rabbit, which is for uh, First Mark, and I've previously done um, Prime and Whatever Happened to the Archetype, um, 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 Demonic Advisory Centre, which was a, did a few years ago, and I've also had stuff put it, uh, printed in uh, Future Quake and lots of anthologies and stuff like that. Awesome. And where, where, where can people find you on the interwebs? Um, on Twitter, I'm always sort of um, boring people to tears <laughs> with, with links to buy myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, just on Twitter is where you probably. I mean, I do use Facebook, but generally, uh, Twitter's the place where you're I'm most sort of active, and that's just yeah. that's just uh, stupid parents on there. No, no, no witty. Um, names for me i'm afraid <laughs> just straight I'm, down the just, line just straight just keep it keep yeah. it real as the kids say <laughs> straight up straight up um yeah and uh you can find that link in the show notes along with uh links to uh to your various comics um particularly uh megatomic battle rabbit with uh with fair spark books there um so um apart from kind of all that happy news um i do have some bad news for you Stu. Um, okay. And unfortunately, um, there has been a nuclear explosion. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, it's okay. I've just I've just watched Chernobyl, so um. Are they okay? You're up to date. I'm, I'm just um, I'm, I know exactly what not to do. You know, <laughs> in that situation. Um, so yeah, um, fortunately, you weren't in the epicentre um, of the uh, of the explosion. However, you are in a bit of the fallout. Um, so. Uh, my question to you is, what is your action plan for survival? Action plan? If I'm be, you know, I'd like to be able to say um, I'd be some Harrison Ford-style loner with a cybernetic eye and a scar on my cheek and, you know, nice. wandering um, barren wastelands. But the fact, the fact remains that I know, and anybody who's ever met me will know, that I'd probably just sort of, like, be running around in a circle screaming like a tit <laughs> i think that'd be my action plan <laughs> would be pretty much um you know 
try, you know, trying to get my mum <laughs> sorted out for me or something. Yeah. Um, I'm not I'm oil gold. It's been a long time since I was a man of action, but in any sense of the word. So, um, God, I just fry, man. Yeah. I like to say, you know, I like to say I'd be the hero, but I just, nah, I'm too much of a big girl. <laughs> All that nonsense. So where where, yeah. where do you think you'd head to? Um, God, you know, as cheesy as this sounds, probably home. Sure. Um, so to my wife and kids, and um, um, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Weird this should come up because I um randomly, I think it was last week or the week before, watched um a documentary on um. I think it was about sort of warnings that were played out on TV and leaflets and stuff in the, uh, must have been mid eighties. And like, there was one, there was one uh, thing, I can vaguely remember it being aired, but there was, if there is, if you get the four minute warning, make sure you unscrew one of your uh, door, uh, like a, one of the doors to your room, lean it up a wall and, um, and lean a mattress up that, and you and your family will be safe. And uh, really, yeah. And I was like, even <laughs> even as a kid, I'm thinking, well. And then the well, surely if that that mattress is full of toxic fumes, so at best you're dying from <laughs> breathing that in. <laughs> sure at best you're burning to death. I mean, yeah. But there was loads of stuff, and I could, and they had all these sort these, um, sort of. I suppose it was fear-mongering these sort of leaflets of what you should do and it was all really weird like all governmental stuff and you're thinking how did they think this was ever gonna actually work yeah, yeah like the duck it was and cover weird. stuff like, like yeah like, it was just like get under a table burn yeah like <laughs> if there's a no nuclear attack just duck under your dinner your dining room table you'll be fine yeah no <laughs> that is like, not how nuclear oh, that, bombs work if that's, the fact, if that's if that's true why aren't tanks made out of wood and you know <laughs> you know but Amazing, um i it? think i would just get home and see it out with the people i love most you know as cheesy and as as that sounds, that's probably what that's actually what I would do. Yeah, yeah, just head home and you know, um, put your feet up and hope <laughs> for the best. Put Netflix on and ne- ne- put Netflix and Fry, it'll be in there. There you go, that's nice, yeah, nice. You <laughs> excellent. Um, and so, uh, now that you're at home uh, and chilling with your family, um, your uh, your wife and kids, um, start to ask you more about your your comics um your comics interest and things uh, and the first question that they ask is what's the first comic you remember enjoying uh the beano i've Sorry. got no yeah I've got, I've got no so i can't remember getting the first, getting a first issue mm-hmm. so i can only put that down to being very young and i just mm. can't i just can't remember it but i can remember reading it sort of avidly um God, for years and years, I mean, just been quite sort of um, obsessive about it. In a so, you know, in a, not in a sort of dangerous way. We're being quite obsessive <laughs> about it. Um, and I remember, I, I very recollect, and I they used to do. I don't think that I, the, if, the, if they do it now, I've, I've not seen it for a long time. But they used to do um, like monthly one-shot uh, comics of Beano characters. So it would rather than these sort of two, three, four page things, it would be a four sort of, I think there's a lot of them like sort of 40, 50 pages. So it was like a bit like a proper, and I've really got into it. And I think that's where I sort of uh, decided that's, that was my, you know, comics was my thing and that all that sort of area of um, creativity. And I just sort of like the fact that, um, you know, before such a thing as sort of in comic universes existed, like, like you're supposed to think all of these characters live in the same place, and I sort of liked that when there was little crossovers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I also, I look back on it now, and I think it's, I think Beano gets sort of a a bad rap in so much as for a lot of people it's seen as a very sort of conservative sort of pof based sort of thing but if you really if you think about it a lot of it is quite anarchic and and um you know because it's all all the strips are 
you know, adults are the bad guys and, yeah. you know, to never trust an adult. And, you know, it's all these kids doing things to, you know, get, oh, you know, get one over on the teacher or get one over on their dad and all that sort of stuff. So, I, think, I mean, that probably struck a chord with me because, you know, all, all, all kids are like that. No, you know. Um, but, yeah, as I say, I can't remember, I can't remember ever having, like, being, I mean, my mum brought me brought it for me, but I can't remember picking one up and going, wow, for the first time. But I must have done to be sort of read it for, year, you know, years and years and years and years and years until I got old and got into other stuff, you know. Yeah, totally. And then is there, is there any particular um, story or kind of particular strip that kind of stood out for you over those uh, years of reading? The probably, um, I mean, Dennis the Menace would be an obvious one. Of course, because um, I, I, um, I was even in his fan club for a while. Awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you got. I don't know if you. Well, you might not know, but you'd get. Um, there was like a fan club, um, like membership card. Yeah, and I think my sister was actually part of that. And there was yeah. two. There was two. Um, two badges. Right. There was the one which was like a side profile of Dennis, and the other one was like a furry Nasher one. Nice. And now I just and I went like I don't know how like five or six years old I was. I thought that was the shit. Yeah. That was just like wow, like it's real <laughs> war. Like you know, it's like, <laughs> but, you know. Um, but yeah, it was either with Dennis or and I really, really like at a soft spot for uh, Bash Street Kids as well. That was I really like that. Yeah, good like, Yeah, it, I just really I don't know what it was about. I the fact that. You know, there was these uh, this group of kids, and none of them were sort of. Yeah. Well, it was a gang, wasn't it? It's kind of like. Yeah, I mean, they weren't particularly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't particularly sort of like. They didn't look like the sort of. Because if that they comic the cool was to be made now, <laughs> no, if that comic was to be made now, they wouldn't look like that. No, true. You know, true. it was this sort of, you know. And the fact, I mean, you would not have a, a kid's comic now with a, a character <laughs> that is one real character trait is that he's ugly and his name's Pug. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but those two would be the thing for me. That's great. Awesome. And so at this stage of your uh, your comics passion, um, are, you, are you starting to think of how you can create comics yourself? I... Or? I um, I remember I would be, I think I remember doing one, I think it might have been part of a class thing at school and um, the teacher got us to get a piece of A4 paper, fold it into, uh, so fold it into eight squares on this piece of paper and I think the, I think what he was, what she was trying to do was get, get, getting us into the idea of sort of creative writing and, so you got a st- every story has a start, a middle, and an end, and working that out, um, and how to do that. And uh, that's when I really started sort of. Oh, this is the thing that you know. It, it, I suppose it thing somebody makes, you know. So and I remember, mate. I can't. I, I can't remember what happened in it, but I can remember writing a or writing and drawing a strip about a vampire at school. Okay, cool. Called, I think it was called Vlad the Drac, but I can't, <laughs> but I can't be a hundred percent clear. But I can remember doing it, and I can remember what. Looking back at it now, that I, um, it, I drew it, and I made sure all of the spaces on the page were coloured, so he would look really pale. But because of that, it was his really bright, um, psychedelic. <laughs> backgrounds which it was it's not very vampire um at all but um yeah that was to be the first thing and then when i probably when i was about eight or nine um i got into stuff i was going to stuff like transformers like that. and i did a like a, a it was called uh, Cyborg Squad, it was called this coming. Cyborg and, Squad. Yeah, course. and it was the only, it was like the most, it was a sort of rip-off, a Transformers rip-off only a nine-year-old could do, you sure. know. 
you know, you and it's with, yeah. so, sort of like, you know, it was the most, it was a really sort of blatant sort of, and there was some sort of uh, time travel thing that I crowbarred in, and I drew that, and I used, I think I used to do like 20 page issues, I, I wrote and I drew that, and I got my mum to photocopy, oh, uh, it called cool. me out of work, and then I gave them out to the kids uh, in my street, and I did that for four issues. Wow, that is cool. Yeah, like I was very I think, entrepreneurial as well, you know. Like I don't, I don't know what I've got. I've got nothing. It's not. This is obviously sort of pre-internet, so I had no, nobody to say to me, you know, I've got oh, oh, you know, if you, I was nine, so I'd have, I wouldn't have had a clue what self-publishing, yeah, or means. It was. I don't. I just. I think I might have been drawing it, and my, you know, mom had said, oh. I'll photocopy that, but you need to do it, like, you know, do it this way so I can photocopy it and I won't get into trouble. <laughs> All this stuff, but yeah. So I think, and I, yeah, I can, I'd, and I can remember, like, giving it, you know, to some of the kids because with the street I grew up in, there was a lot of kids sort of around my age and a lot of lads. So it was sort of, you know, if you draw robots exploding, nine-year-olds boys love that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I can remember uh, my uh, friend's mom overhearing my. Um, yeah, my friend's mum saying to my mum, you know that comic thing your Stu's doing, it's actually quite good. And I ah, <laughs> oh, like vindication. Yeah, <laughs> At last, you know. But yeah, so that, I think it was just, sometimes, it's like, you know, you hear about, you know, people are just compelled to do stuff, aren't they? You know, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, the yeah. best musicians. in your bones. Exactly, all the best musicians are just compelled, you can't, they've not really got a reason why you're doing it, you're just compelled to do this stuff you know so um yeah that's really cool um and so uh changing gears uh your family asked the next question which is what's the funniest or comic that made you laugh out loud the most uh oink which i suppose had been um i was probably the right i was exactly the right age when that came out because i was getting i was anchoring for something a little bit more um risque risque but i mean but it was uh it was real i mean that it's it's i mean i think some of the i mean lou stringer did some stuff as i'm still doing stuff in the bin i think but he he then went on and did some uh quite a lot of oink and i think it added there was a lot of there was a connections in that way but they are uh, it was some of it was really again that we i don't think some of it was um Really, sort of daring. Particularly, I, th- I think there was attempts to get it banned at one point. Yeah, I think there was. Like, if you read I, I the think wiki, I think that's. Yeah, yeah, I think there were. Well, like, didn't Mary Whitehouse get sort of, you know, banned this filth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which like, just which it, it'll damage our children and that sort of thing. But but I don't, I never understand about stuff like that. Like, I can remember sort of buying the first issue and with my pocket money, whatever, and hearing that it's just go. Oh, it's dreadful, it's terrible. And I remember thinking, well, I'm definitely going to carry on buying this. Yeah, well, because if the the grown-ups are saying ban it, yeah, teenagers are going to buy it in their droves, aren't they? It's like like when when they tried to, um, you know, ban um, God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols in the 70s. Did they honestly think all these punks were going to turn around and go, actually, yeah. Yeah, good point. We need to be more responsible. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, no, I really like. I thought the fact that it was sort of a bit cheeky and it was knocking, is making knocks at stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and it didn't, you know, and it was quite, and it was very sort of uh, subversive as well. There was, uh, there was one issue. I think it was called um, something like "Oink Goes Wrong," and it, all the strips were drawn by the wrong per, the wrong artist. Right, right, and all stuff like that, and it was printed back to front, and some of the strips were upside down, and <laughs> and the fact that he was doing all this stuff, sort of, I suppose it must, I suppose it was less um, controlled by management or whatever in those days, but it was just like, ah, we'll just put this stuff out, and I, I yeah. think some of the people who wrote for Spitting Image wrote. I did that. Uh, I think. That kind of makes sense. I've got, I've got this vague thing because I, rem- I don't know if you remember, but they did. When Oink finished, they did uh, a TV series called Round the Bend. Do you remember that? Round the Bend. Round the uh, Bend. It was yeah, set. It was like, well. and it was set in a, um, a sewer. Yeah. And it was supposed to be the world's first electronic comic. 
and he, that and the, there was no, there was there was a lot of um, crossovers from that. It was effectively like Oink the TV show, but he was set in a sewer and and they had stuff like like um, Thunderpants and um, the some of the, I remember like what I think it only ran for like one one maybe two series because there was one joke. Um, that was seriously was not for a four o'clock in kids' telly afternoon thing. There was supposed to be this is sort of cartoon couple, and they're you're supposed to think they're about to kiss and all this stuff. And then the fella says, um, I think something's come between us, and you hear his <laughs> go down, <laughs> and he was never shown again. Trying to think, I remember this, as a kid thinking, Wow, that's really <laughs> like. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just looking at it now, and it is it actually like does ring a bell for me. It's kind of these puppets, and there's like a crocodile, there's some yeah. rats, and stuff like that. And I think that there are just three episodes. I number three is three. Sorry, there's eighteen episodes in total. And yeah, it was it was yeah when uh, Oink folded in 1988. Yeah, there you go. Amazing. Yeah, and kind of the the crossover spitting image totally. Kind of makes sense. You can see that, like yeah. the, the follow-on from that. Definitely, that's amazing, isn't it? That's so yeah. Cool. I mean, but yeah, Oink could be the sort. Of, it's something I feel very. Um, I think I think very fondly of. There's something about that, and um, mm. there was me and another. Um, there was another a lad that I was uh, friends with at prime school, and we both obsessed with this and obsessed with Oink, and then. I hadn't seen him since, God, like since school. And then I was tabling at a convention, God, probably two, three years ago. And this fellow walks past and I thought, God, I'll recognise him. And I don't know why I recognise him. And then he looks at me again, points, and goes, oink. Amazing. <laughs> and that's what he said. I was, I'm like, oh, my God, it's God, look at it isn't. You know, and, um, yeah, so weird. So it's such... Yeah, really good. I mean, really think fondly of that. Yeah, look back at brings that. back a lot of Such good memories. Yeah, like That's when nice. the simpler times and yeah, and all that. yeah, very, very much simpler. Um, and uh, so your family um, decide to kind of change the uh, the overall uh, emotions um, onto the next question, which is: What's the saddest or most upsetting? comic that you've read um the nail of brown i don't know if you've heard of that it was um a hard a big a big thick hardback graphic novel for the and for the my complete charm i can't remember god who did it now uh glenn dylan yes um and this is really beautiful i, I would it's, i would just recommend it um to anyone really it's not mm. it's sort of it's just the artwork is beautiful. It's it is, sort of yeah. simple. It's simple in some places, but it's quite beautifully done. And yeah, well, the, the, the colours almost look like watercolours. I think that. Yeah, I don't think know if they, they actually are because they look like they are. <laughs> I mean, it's just stunning. I mean, I yeah. sort of brought. I think I brought the book just on the basis of the art alone, and then already I'm thinking, wow, this is really something I can. Because it's ba- I mean, the story is essentially of a mixed race girl and she's trying you know she's got some mental health issues and she's trying to find her place in the world and and stuff like that so it's very sort of i mean there are bits in it that are funny there's a bit in it when she's i think you're supposed to think she um uh designs toys um for a job and she's sent some designs to this company and then she sends up a following email and she sends, oh, I wonder if you've made any decisions regards. And she emails it off and she doesn't get reply. Uh, and it turns out the reason she didn't get the reply is she did a spelling error when writing regards. And it now reads, oh, I wonder if you've made any decisions now, retards. <laughs> it's oh, like, no. <laughs> and this is kind of a, oh, it's full of stuff that I go, that I think that would happen to me, though. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing, like oh, just a, just an honest mistake uh, yeah. turns into complete disappointment. <laughs> yeah, but I would recommend it. It's, be- it's a beautiful. It's it's sort of one of those um, heavy going, but it's not reads. But uh, it's quite 
you do feel you're getting sort of something out of it. It's just I would just if you haven't read it, read it. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it looks I, it looks really good. I, I don't. It's one of those things. It's, I can kind of understand why some things don't, regardless of how good or I think they are, why they don't sort of catch on or they don't find a place. But it's one of those things. I don't really. I don't understand why it's not seen as this big, as a sort of pivotal piece of work. Because I think it is. Right. You know, it is stunning, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does look really stunning. Um, and um, yeah, what, what what do you find most uh, most upsetting or kind of tragic? about it is it just that kind of uh, she's trying her best <laughs> i think it is just <laughs> the sort anywhere. of i think it's basically sort of the re, fair, fair, sort of realistic melancholia of it which right. everybody get everybody you know we all have to deal with that and it's, i think that is what most upsetting it's it, something you can relate to is going to be more upsetting than thanos flick, clicking his fingers because that can't you know there's not going to be a big purple joint going to click his fingers and half of us go. It's just not going to happen. Whereas people every day, the, um, grievances are going to be, to me at least anyway, are going to be so much um, sadder, you know. And I think that's what it is. I think it's the the real the realism of it. It's what makes it so sad. And yeah. it's written from a very, I think I'll get the impression it's written from very. Um, personal experiences i don't i don't i, I think it's i get the impression because it, it reads too autobiographical to for it to be yeah um you know completely fictional yeah yeah that's kind of the impression i get looking at it i mean yeah even just looking at it um from my perspective that's kind of what it seems like, like it's a he's uh it's a therapeutic experience yeah <laughs> the author. definitely Excellent. Um, and so the uh, the next question that comes up from your family uh, is: What's the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? Uh, when the wind blows, um, which I read probably two, which actually connects to the um, nuclear apocalypse thing because that's essentially what happens uh, in the story, and it's the fact again that it's a sort of um, the realism of it, that uh, particularly at the time, anyway, when there were that, um, you know, look back at you know new old news stories and stuff, and the threat of nuclear war between the US and and Russia just seemed to be ever ever present, and in it, you know, and that, and then I think what I find sort of most horrifying about it is just this this couple that the bombs dropped, and they are just trying to go about their normal lives, and it's really. It's, I mean, actually, that guy I was uh, I was talking about earlier about the oink thing. He, we read it. I think we both got it at the school library. And we were because it's because it's a comic, right? And he's at school. Oh, this would be fun, and it's a, you know, and you read it, and it's just the most harrowing thing for like, in the world <laughs> for nine year old to read. And I remember us both being really quite sort of upset about it, yeah. but thinking it was brilliant, and um, and these sort of news stories that we'd overheard our respective mum and dad's watching, you can go, oh, shit, this is, ah, that sort of makes sense now. Because at not eight and nine, it, news is boring, you know, you know, who cares about the news? And then you read, you know, you read this this comic and it, it's about this thing that you, you know, they're talking about on the news and you think, oh, God. But it's just, again, like uh, the nail brown, it's just, it's just, it, it could, it could and has happened, I suppose. It's just, people dealing with a really terrible thing you know they sort of it's just really sad they try to sort of get on with their normal lives and you just and it's just heartbreaking really but it's but it's also brilliant and you know it probably makes more sense now than it did back then yeah because this this was published kind of early 80s yeah I think wasn't it, um, and, it yeah. and it kind of seems like I haven't read it um, but it seems like it's quite ahead of its time in terms of what's possible with a, with a comic book or a graphic novel because mm. it is the early 80s and it's kind of what's done quite a bit now because you know in the 80s it's really kind of you know uh, just superhero territory really yeah. rather than kind of a um, a realistic story about a retired couple in a nuclear attack 
um, and kind of you know how they'd actually re- react to that that type of thing. Um, so yeah, it, did, it kind of sounds like it was ahead of its time. I mean, also, I mean, it's coming. I mean, it, it was coming off the back of stuff like the Snowman and right and um, uh, what was it? The fungus, the Bogeyman, and stuff like that, which is very and it's clearly aimed at kids. And then you got this thing that you go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, this, <laughs> you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. It was really, <laughs> wow. Like, like, serious grown-up stuff. It was in a silly yeah. little and story. So you were about eight or nine when you read this? I would I would have to be maybe at the very, very odd, at 10. But I can remember sort of going, I mean, like going to the school library and there'd been two copies and there was me and um, Daniel as my mate and we were like the comic fans in the in the class and we saw the, oh there's got they've got comics in school and we sort of grabbed these things not and then saw the name on it and I had a vague recollection of a man thinking oh this will be this will be a nice easy bedtime <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> read this won't traumatise me at all but it's but it's great I mean I can still remember just like read me and um mate reading it at sort of the same time just looking at each other like oh my god you know this is this is horrible, but you know, it must be quite harrowing it. for kind of yeah, nine-year-old. But, but yeah, but like God, like, but you know, you know, I wouldn't be who I am today. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I maybe, maybe it had an impact on I mean, creativity you know, today. I or, don't know. Or yeah, but you know, like, that's not necessarily a good thing. But um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, brilliant. Amazing, amazing. And so we get on to a very important question, and uh, that is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, 2018, just because. Um, the I, I think I was, the, when I got my first 2018 would be, I would be 10, maybe just about to turn 11, I think, and my mum picked me up from school, um, and it brought me a comic, and it was 2018. And I th- there was no re. I, um, I hadn't sort of asked for it. I didn't know. I don't. I wasn't really aware that it existed. But I think my mum put it down to he likes Star Wars and stuff like that. And then there's the Judge Dreads on the front. And it was just. It's just. It just completely blew my head off. It was so. It was. It was sort. It were. I think at the time it was more it was more of an all ages book at the time. I know it's it's, it's a bit it wasn't quite as sort of gritty and grim as it is now, but oh, it was, yeah, yeah at, at the time it was more of an all ages book, but it didn't um, but it wasn't sort of patronising anybody, and it, but it wasn't sort of um, it wasn't dumbing anything down, but it wasn't patronising anybody, and it wasn't going over some stuff. Some places it was very satirical, and then other places it was quite serious. Uh, obviously, I like obviously there's like dread and road trip and stuff like that. But I really loved um, Dior and Quinch. That just and Zenith was another one that kind of Zenith were to this day is still I think um, Grant Morrison's best work. Right. Um, I just love the you know um, the idea that this. Somebody's got super. But what would you actually do if you got superpowers? Well, you know, he wouldn't. He, he, this guy doesn't go and save the world. He goes and tries to get off your pay tree, girls and stuff. And you think, yeah, that probably would happen. Like, you know, if you, you know, and the and like, you know, like superheroes are celebrity. But to those in AD, I've not. I can't. There's not enough words for me to um, put into. You know, how much it sort of means to me. Or, or, you know, even though they keep sending me rejection letters, <laughs> they, will, I will, they will always be, you know, a, a big part of what I sort of love, you know. Tiny. Well, keep trying, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I will. Um, it's my. It's on the. Tick, it's on it's the. On my tick, list, yeah. It's on my tick list, man. It's going to happen, even if I have to. Yeah, dude. Threaten the life of Pat Mills at some or something. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, man. Got to do what you know. Just you know, <laughs> thinking on my feet, man. <laughs> yeah, straight up. That's fantastic, mate. And so, we're, sorry, what age were you when you started reading? I, I was still at primary school, so I'll be still at ten, school, well, yeah. at ten, maybe eleven, at the yeah. very, very oldest. But because be I'd, I'd take a second look if I saw a ten-year-old with a 
copy of 2000 AD these days. But yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> it's now amazing, it's like it? it's like now you look at it and because I, I mean I still read now. Thinking, I don't think ten-year-old me would have, you know, you know, when you've got somebody's back being blown off and you've got yeah, splashes of blood difficult. up the page, and I, I think, I think most people who've read it for any, you know, certainly the amount of time I've read it would, and I don't know if it's me sort of being nostalgic, but I think it was probably was better then. There just seemed to be, but I mean that's perhaps unfair because I'm talking about a time where you've got Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbon. Yeah, and you're looking at their work every week. So everybody, every, everybody else is—it's just not going to be as good. It can't be, can it? You know, it's going to be tough um, to uh, step in. You know, you know, there's no—I don't think any, there's many people you can say are better than you know Alan Moore's best. You know, yeah, exactly. That's tough. And so yeah, that, that that must have had an impact on on you as a creator. And so at that time when you were reading. 2000 AD in those first years uh, I mean did you have any inspiration for your own stories or anything like that yeah I mean it's it, you know I mean it, 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 it still stands as sort of a um, influence and, and and things like that and I when I got uh, when I started high school there was me and another lad who I found a um, sort of kindred spirit in mm. Uh, and, and he'd had pretty much the same experiences with sort of comics and how he went from uh, like the Beano to Oink to, to the, and I didn't know this lad existed until high school. And then we were sort of bad, bad banter, um, thrown around the idea of trying to, trying to do something. But um, I think we did, but I can't really remember it. I, I think it was more, we had ideas rather than <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like doing it. And um but I think we must have somewhere. I think we must. We might have done under the sort of the pretense of it being a school newspaper, and and it ended up being a load of hastily ripped off to those <laughs> stories, <laughs> and it never happened. And well, that happens, happens when you're a kid, you know. Oh, like, yeah. all, all you can do is kind of like slightly change things from the stuff that you're reading. Yeah, yeah, but like, that kind of feeds your creativity. Um, for the yeah. Future. I mean, I suppose every eleven, every sort of teenager thinks I want to write, I want to write or draw comics. Immediately writes one which or creates one which is a mixture of Star Wars and X Men. Yeah. That's my yeah. that's my thing. Like Star Wars, like X Men in space, essentially. But yeah, but yeah, that's what happens, isn't it? There's nothing. You take your influences, don't you, and wrap them into wrap them in each other and twist them round and and. You know, from the band, that's what you do. Yeah, exactly. It's good fun. It's good fun. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Excellent. Um, And so the next question that comes up from your family is, uh, what's the most underrated comic? Uh, Heads by uh, Rick Jackson, which is fairly new. I think it's it's just... I think it's... um, The second issue came out, God, might be last month. And it's just great. And he's done... He's did um, he's done, as I say, heads and rocking purgatory, which is really good. Which is like a really sort of I don't know I don't know how to explain it without <laughs> without it's, kind of with like a big, a... it's sort of like <laughs> it's like um, it's like like I suppose it would make, make sense if it, like like I had a you know a teenage years of listening to my maid and and all this stuff and. And so I can sort of notice all the um, the riffs on ideas. Basically, it's sort of ridiculous deaths of um, rock stars, basically. So I suppose it's the. It's, I suppose it's this is Spinal Tap turned up to ten. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Sorry, it's turned 11. up to eleven. Yes, sorry, Mister <laughs> God, stupid boy. Um, the trick there. I know, God. I've only watched it a million times, but. Um, um, oh, did and you know, by the way, that apparently in Tesla cars, the radio goes up to 11, and the really? reason for that is because of Spinal Tap. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but a- I heard that somewhere. I might be making that up, but I heard that somewhere. Also, right, here's, a, here's one for you. He's got in, um, what's his name, Christopher Guest, when he's in um, 
who plays Nigel Tufnell in Spinal Tap, yeah. when he's in uh, uh, what's he called? Princess Bride, he's got one hand, obviously with five fingers on, and he's got six yeah. on the other, so his fingers go to 11. That's amazing. I never thought of that. Incredible, isn't it? I'm a font of useless information. <laughs> I'm, a ki- I'm a killer on a pub quiz, just general life. Yeah, life. That's a, that is a great pub quiz question. That is, yeah, that is nice. But yeah, heads, it's great. It's really good. But yeah, book. heads. It's oh, really fantastic. good. Book. And it's just got a, um, it's sort of, imagine, they're like, sort of imagine the X-Files mixed with the Sweeney. Yeah. It's that sort of like I can imagine uh, the you know it's a bit oh, a bit gruff and a bit very like it's a British sort of working class British take on the on uh, the X Files. It's just it's yeah. just really good, really, it's, and it's not like it's not a it's not a good small press comic. It's a good comic. Yeah, um, full stop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I don't. I've never been one to really care who's sort of logos in the top left corner or whatever. You know, if it's good, it's yeah, good. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? So definitely go and um, heads by Rick Jackson. Yeah, do it. Definitely check it out. Um, yeah, and obviously Rick's been on our show before. Yeah. So uh, for for any new listeners, go go listen to our episode with Rick Jackson. He's a he's a real fun guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> million miles an hour. Yeah, love the love him. Great bloke. Yeah, good bloke. Excellent. Um, and so uh, we come on to the, one of the most difficult questions of today. And that is for you. What is the best comic of all time? Um, so I was batting this around, and um, I originally put Watchmen, but I think, but although it, it pro- although it's certainly, you know, top ten for me, the best comic of all time is probably Invincible by um, Robert Kirkman. I just think it's a really well written. Mm-hmm. And he, he, I mean, he, I can't remember. He went on for so many issues, but it didn't sort of lag, and it, it didn't. There was no, it, it didn't sag at any point, and it just yeah. a perfect narrative all the way through. And it's just well written. The art's beautiful, and it's one of those things you just think, oh, I wish I'd have thought of that. I wish I'd yeah. have come up with that idea, sort of, because it's sort of the idea itself is quite simple. But sure. it's just executed in a in a really great, fun way, and mm-hmm. well, it's kind of same with yeah. Walking Dead, isn't it? Like yeah, it's a, it's a fairly simple idea, but the execution is just superb. Yeah, it's just the way. He's just a really great writer, and you know, like, I mean, I don't think I've, I don't think there's any of his work I've read and not enjoyed. Yeah. Um, it's just really good. Invincible's great. It's one of the. It's. I'm not. I'm, again, I'm. I am surprised it's not sort of. Um, gone into sort of mainstream culture and sort of I don't know films or sort of TV or whatever because I could yeah. Yeah, it's see getting, that happening. And um, it is in development. I've read some. What was it? I've, I'm trying to think who was involved in it now. Yeah, was, yeah, I think Robert um, is definitely involved with it. But I've, I've got a, I've read somewhere. Wasn't God? What's his name? Seth Rogen supposed to be yeah. writing it or something like that. Yeah, Seth Rogen's writing the film. Um, but there's an animated series being made as well. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I'm I'm not sure when that's coming out. Um, potentially uh, next year. Uh, oh, but cool. uh, apparently, J.K. Simmons is going to play Omni Man. <laughs> okay. How cool is that? I, you know what though, <laughs> I always, voice. I always thought though, right? Omni Man. I'm Selick. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. As a kind of a physical actor, it is Tom Selick, basically. That was probably a reference by Robert Kirkman. Make Omni Man look like. <laughs> <laughs> look like it, it, Magnum it's, PI. It's, you, know. It's, you know, he only needs a, a wine shirt and mm. and, a, and a helicopter. Short shorts. <laughs> short, yeah, and like a Ferrari, real... then he's good to yeah. go. Yeah. And and I've read somewhere that um, oh, what's his name? Zach, Zach Efron is going to play him. Zach, uh, play him oh, Mark Grayson. Sport. Yeah. But, uh, but I can see that he sort of but I mean, mm. but that said, I don't really look at Zac Efron and think, "Oh, he can perfectly play the bloke who can't get a girl." It doesn't, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> it doesn't strike me as Come a <laughs> as a unsuccessful man with women. I yeah, um, exactly. I could be wrong. I doubt it. But <laughs> no, I think you're on the right track there. They definitely need. Um, I mean, if it was to be a film, I mean, it should really be kind of 
uh, an unknown actor, yeah. really, and somebody that can blossom into, uh, you know, into a strong, strapping lad. But at the start, <laughs> should be a bit of a skinny run. It really needs sort of like a sort of Toby Maguire type, yes. sort of yeah. no, you know, av- you know, average like, um, but like a regular looking bloke, and yeah, that can you know, if he could act, that'd be great. But um, yeah, but yeah, Invincible. I just think it's but brilliant. It's, comic, yeah. it's nothing. I don't. The first, the big twist. I think as many issues in with. Omni-Man is just killer. Um, yeah, brilliant. It's epic. Yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't read Invincible, definitely get into it because I mean, as you said before, it's finished uh, 104 a tight 144 issues, um, and uh, yeah, I just got the the third compendium now. Wow! Uh, this this week actually, and of course I've I, I've read them all uh, digitally, but I want it wanted it uh, kind of physically so. Um, yeah, rereading it over the summer, um, and that's like issue ninety-seven to one hundred and forty-four. That one, nice. so it's like yeah, yeah. solid, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, just the story arcs throughout, and kind of the, the dissection of superhero comics as well. Um, yeah, really well, it, it, it's sort of <laughs> and of comic creators of... as well, of course, with Science Dog and well, everything. Yeah, I mean. There's lots of little. Jo- I mean, I don't know if it, I can't remember which issue it's in there. Where there's a joke, something like about comic artists if they can't be bothered to draw another panel, they just, they just repeat the previous one, and then the, the next panel is the same panel. <laughs> right, it's yeah. literally the same panel from the previous one. It's weird. There's stuff, little jokes like that. Really like. Oh yeah, there's lo- loads of that, and kind of the. Um... The issue that I, I read the other the other day in the compendium there was um oh, what's the guy's name the the creator in the comic of Science Dog um oh I can't, um, I can't remember the creator yeah name. yeah no, I can't um, think the of it, yeah. name uh, but anyway he's talking about the fact that you know um well Mark was speaking to him at a comic con and he was like yeah I was a bit annoyed the fact that there were there were fifteen variant covers of the, of issue one hundred because I had to collect them all. Like, you know, like, I mean, fifteen seems excessive for variants. <laughs> yeah, it's quite varied. Just uh, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just little bits like that that kind of make you chuckle as a as a comic fan. You know, well, it's not. It? Well, it's well, it's sort of making fun of something he loves, obviously, isn't it? And yeah. you can tell that it's not like, um, but you know, there's superhero books which are actively not superhero fans, you know. Mm. And yeah, but yeah, brilliant. No, definitely one of the best of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. And so, uh, from this list of comics, which one comic would you take into the apocalypse with you? Uh, Invincible. Awesome. I think I've covered why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. No need to repeat that. But yeah, you're you're more than welcome to take all three compendiums with you, oh. um, unless you want the single issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't got the room in my um, uh, door, strap mattress, fortress of yeah, for all the single issues, but kind of the tight three compendiums that you can get um, will do the job. Um, they're, they're, those are heavy doorstops. Oh, God, well. they're huge, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, and so, uh, along with uh, your collection of invincible compendiums, uh, which, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take in? to the apocalypse with you um my uh my two kids because my youngest takes no shit from anyone <laughs> and, he, and he's, he's got like he's five and he's got my back doesn't put up with it like both of them don't um like you know if they, they caught like our eldest is very proactive in you know he'll call people out Assist and um, phobic and all that stuff, and um, but the uh, youngest, Sonny Five, and um, yeah, he doesn't take shit off anyone. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't I, like I'm his dad, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna mess <laughs> like, with him. <laughs> I don't mess with him. It's like little Rottweiler. Yeah, Emily Five. You know, I'll, you know, within, I, I guarantee in the next three hours, I will have had at least one fight with him because he wants to. 
So yeah, that's who I'm. That's who's got my back. <laughs> nice, nice little uh, yeah weapon. There. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess he covers it all. He's a weapon. He's a tool. He's a useful item. <laughs> <laughs> I put him on a stick. So it's not like this is going to happen. At the time, on the end of a broomstick, and like, yeah, you know, wave him, you know, in the face of any would-be attackers, and I'm, I'm good, man. <laughs> going to be protected from absolutely everything. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your comics with the apocalypse today, Stu Perrins. No, thank you for having me. It's been great. Excellent. And one last time, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, it's just at Stu Perrins. Amazing. Uh, and then, do you have any cons coming up this year at all? I am do at the moment. I am doing um, the small press at Forbidden Planet in Wolverhampton on the 13th of july right. and i'm at uh not another not another comic con in birmingham on the 3rd of august excellent and then do you have any other projects coming out this year at all uh well we finish up um the last issue of megatomy battle rabbits coming out on the i think it's the 16th i think mm. i think on the went when on the 16th and the trades coming out for that at christmas great um, and then I've got a few of the. Pro- I've got about seven or eight projects in various states of sort of completion. Some stuff that I'm sort of knocking about, um, and there's some stuff that's very close to being ready to sort of go to be submit to places. Um, there's a um, there's a thing called uh, Journeyman, which I'm working on, which being done by Pete Davis, and then there's a sort of a retail, like a creepy. Um, retelling of uh, Alice in Wonderland which is being worked on so it's yeah all busy it's all good stuff cool sounds exciting um I know I, I assume that'll be all uh kind of announced on uh, on Twitter as and when yeah I've got it won't be announced I will bore people to death with it <laughs> at every conceivable moment I you know I don't do um humble when it comes to promotion <laughs> excellent excellent great well thank you again for your time today Stuart it's been no a real problem. pleasure cheers man thank you excellent thanks bye thanks bye bye thanks again to Stu for being on comments for the apocalypse I had an absolutely stupendous time if you enjoyed the show please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use as not only will it let me know that you liked it but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well And if you'd like to check out Stu's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.